Hello and welcome to For the Love of Merlin. I'm Sonia and with me is my co-host Mila. Hi Mila. Hello. Episode 59, A Lesson in Vengeance, The Same Old Story. It's We're halfway through the season, can't believe it. It's the halfway mark of the season and I can't can believe it. <laughs> Depends how tired I am for working on this. That's how much I can believe it. The synopsis for this episode is King Arthur is the target of a dangerous assassin. His wife and queen, Guinevere. I like it. I like that uh, that phrasing. I, I, that's a nice little sentence. I like it. It's tasty. It's very mysterious. Yeah. So much to say about this episode. I think for me, I would start with as much as I object to the storyline happening at this point of the show, because I do, because I feel like we're taking a real detour here. This is a great episode. It is excellent in every single way, even though, you know, like you did in reaction to last week, there's a point in this episode where I'm going to quit. As always, listeners, don't worry. We're not really quitting. We're always coming back. But I did quit for about two seconds. <laughs> I second what you said. I don't understand this detour. I don't really agree with it. I don't think it's well used time. But... I think this episode is great. I was entertained the whole time. Even when I knew, I really knew, we all know that Arthur's really not going to die at the end of the episode. I was still entertained. I was still roped into the idea of how he was going to get saved. It is so excellent in every way. And I mean, from the writing to the editing, you can loop in any department here, how excellent they were. It is kind of hearkening back to our season one storylines, or maybe season two, three, where Morgana's the secret bad guy and they're trying to kill Uther. We're back in that story frame. It really, they know what they're doing here. But the production value of this one, I mean, there was a point in this episode where I paused it, went to look up who directed it because I am in love with every frame of this episode. It is so beautiful. And this show always looks great, but this one was special. It was dreamy and pretty in a way that I'm not entirely used to in this show. There were a lot of shots that were just different than what we usually do here. And I thought for sure I'd see a name I didn't recognize. And what's funny is it's happened before with the same director where I wanted to know who directed it. It's Alice Troughton. I adore her. And I looked up even the cinematographer because it's usually Dale McReady or McReady and this one was Ashley Rowe and Ashley Rowe and Alice doing this together I don't know if this match up has happened before but it's interesting to have someone who's directed several episodes and has chosen different looks for different episodes and this one was just stunning it really was I mean we're gonna talk about more specifically about what's happening in the scenes throughout the episode as we go through but the scene that Gwen frames Merlin is my favorite scene of this entire thing. It is so... Oh, that's when I quit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. It's so good. The, everyone is staring and she's like making this story up in her head. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so amazing. It's so great. It's great. It's why I only quit for maybe two seconds max. It's great. I'm just mad at that point where I'm like, no, do not do this. To We'll get into the, yes, we will get into the nitty gritty of all that. But there's so much, these close-ups, this shallow depth of field, this really soft look. Even there's that one shot of the thread in Arthur's hands. And that's when I just, I stopped and I was like, who did this? It's just so good. It is. There's nothing else to say but to just get into it because it is. I think we've landed on, I object to taking this detour in the season, but it has gifted us this perfect episode. I think it's just perfect. Right. Even though I don't enjoy and don't agree with this detour, with this storyline whatsoever, it, that doesn't prevent me from enjoying this episode for what it is. An excellent episode. Correct. <laughs> like That's what it is. The whole episode, I was like, wow, this is really up there in the ranks for me. If I had to rank the episodes, this is up there. 
That's an interesting thing about season five. I'm not sure season five is my favorite story arc as a season. Yeah. But it delivers some of the best episodes of the show. As you should. As you should with your last season. Come on. I mean, you've got the budget. You know who you are. Everyone's really settled into their roles from being writers to actual roles as actors. So it should produce the best of what you've got to give. That said, this opens on this great joke that I love. This, isn't it nice just the two of us? And the, well, it's not just two of us and Merlin's back there. It's Gwen and Arthur. It's nice to see Arthur without chainmail on. It is. It's like I always want to jump in and I'm like, just let it go. This joke really works for me. And it kind of makes me a little sad that we don't get more of these three. There's a really good chemistry between these three characters, these three actors, and the way the characters are written to interact with each other. The way that Gwen and Merlin always play off of each other in reaction to Arthur's ridiculousness is always really fun to see. So I'm sad we haven't gotten more. Right. Because not only have we not gotten it, but now that we're getting it, it's not real. She's just faking it. It's in a different context. And I would, because I think that we even talked about it that, well, I'm sure that we talked about this. Gwen and Merlin have a different relationship because they We're both servants. They understand each other. They trust each other. So yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed that we haven't seen more of their relationship now that she's full-time inside of the castle and has more access. Like their lives are now together. They just live together in there every day. Yes, because now they're both constantly at Arthur's side. Right. It's full-time, one of them or both of them always being next to Arthur. So it's surprising that we haven't gotten more of it, and I want more of it. Because before, Gwen's time was really Morgana's time, and now Gwen's time is also Arthur's time. She's always there and taking care of things related to Arthur or to ruling Camelot in general. Yeah, even when Morgana was gone before she got banished, it wasn't really her role to be around Arthur all day long. It was you know, they could sneak a moment together, but it wasn't really her place to spend all day with Merlin and Arthur. Right. But yeah, there's this whole setup. This little bomb goes off, scares the horse. The saddle breaks. He falls off. Bradley James is too good at all this swashbuckling sword fighting stuff. I love it so much. It just looks so good. He is. And you can see, I mean, you can clearly see the progression from season one to season five. He's so much more comfortable doing all these movements with a sword. He knows how to move his body work, to put his weight. If you really watch from season one to season five, you can see that his skill is at the top right now. It is. And in the last commentary, it was funny. Colin Morgan mentioned it. He said he went to go shoot something and they were in the woods. And the stunt guy showed Bradley the scene once. And Colin was really impressed that he saw it and he just did it. Because when you have the movement in your body, it's pretty easy. You can recognize it in another person and it just translates from your brain to your muscles pretty fast. I believe you because you're the professional dancer. So, you know, it makes it easier. You understand that stuff. I'll leave that to you. I'll talk about horses. You talk about body (laughs) movement. We've all got our roles here. That is true. And this ends with the shot of Gwen clearly telling us it's her. This is her plan. I mean, we knew it, but it's nice to see a little reassuring there. I feel that the show is pretty good at that. There's the levels of reveal, the person who's going to get it just because they've been following so closely that they assume that's the person. Then the quick camera landing on that character to tell people who are paying attention enough to see that. And then the explicit speaking out loud reveal. (laughs) The confession reveal, the the plan, saying it out loud part, just in case you've missed it at this point. I will say last episode, I mentioned how I couldn't even remember some of the stuff that happened in this episode from the preview. And I had moments of realization as I was watching this right before the thing happened. I'm like, oh, yeah, that scene. (laughs) I thought that the preview, I'd still, I'm going to maintain what we've been saying here. They've nailed every single preview from this season Mm -hmm. so far. Because they really, I did not know what was going to happen for this entire episode. And I was still interested It's nice. It's nice to kind of still be surprised after seeing that. It is. That's what I look like. I hate spoilers. So I 
hate it when you tell me something that I shouldn't really. I was like, oh, I see you robbed me of that moment of me being like, oh, my God. We will always remember the Lancelot one. Yes. Thanks a lot. It was unfortunate. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Back home, Arthur's fine. Gaius is doing his assessment. Merlin is suspicious. Arthur says Merlin is right this single solitary time. Of course, Sir Leon arrives with some bad saddle news because he's always here to tell you what you don't want to hear. Uh, we love you, Sir Leon, and I will get more into that later. I love that we cut to this guy. It's John Bradley, which everyone knows from Game of Thrones. The one part of Game of Thrones that I have no objection to. Love his character, the most human part of Game of Thrones. I'm here for it. He's Tyr Seward. I'm so happy he's here. He's uber, he's uber famous now. I, when he turned around, I was like, oh my god, you! <laughs> right, when he did this, probably not so much. Probably not so much. I have to say that this was a nice pre-character work for that character in Game of Thrones. That's true. It, it reads similarly. I mean, right, some actors are good at portraying certain things. The knights arrive. I don't really think Gwen is being harsh, but he's being very serious and pretending they don't know each other because he has to get this done. John Bradley is so good at this. He's just so talented. I'm immediately in love with this person. He's so innocent and sweet. He's like, of course you know my name, Sir Gwen. And it's so rare to hear Sir Gwen. We've talked about how the only one we ever hear is Sir Leon. So the respect, how innocent he is. And he's just like, have I displeased the king? It's just, he's amazing. He is an amazing actor. And like I said, it's right away when he turns around and he has a smile on his face. And he's like, hello, Sir Knights. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to hug you. <laughs> Yeah, in this moment, I feel, especially because I know what's coming because I've seen it, in this moment, I'm just filled with hate for evil Gwen. Yes, and I really didn't, at some point, maybe I thought that because we liked this character so much, he was going to be saved. I had a dream. <sighs> you had a dream. Um, so... I dreamed that people wouldn't be killed in this show. I really didn't know what was really coming, but I was hoping that something was going to work out for him. And at the, uh, right at that time, then after, later in the, the episode, I was like, ugh, he was such... And apparently he worked for the castle since he was a little boy. So I'm like, whatever, really? It's like he did nothing wrong. He was trying to protect his mom. It's just... I mean, she went all out. They go to his mom's house. The threat is there. I mean, it's all planned out. It's a very good plan. Yeah. They get to the council... He's standing there in front of Arthur trying to be really honest. I'm just happy to find out that someone was in charge of looking after the royal horses besides Merlin. I thought about you this entire beginning of this episode. <laughs> I was like, see, there is someone responsible for this. Look at that. We know him now. He's about to die and the responsibility is going to come back for, to Merlin. But, you know, for a, few, for a little bit there. Of course you thought about me because I always go on and on about it. And of course this character existed behind the scenes somewhere. Besides that, it's very sad because I think I'm watching the scene through Merlin. He's watching this person he knows who's very honest and he can tell. And even though all the evidence is against him, Merlin is mm, too smart for that. And I don't, I'm not even mad at Arthur in this scene. He's playing the logic game. There's all the evidence. It's not as if Tyr is giving somebody else up. And Arthur's kind of got no choice about it. He doesn't really seem to be relishing this moment. But Merlin has the EQ. <laughs> so in the hall, Merlin and Arthur have their meeting. And you're right. He's, he's been in service of Arthur since he was a boy. And here is Merlin forever pushing back on Arthur. Like, hey, doesn't make sense, though. Merlin's not fooled by the thread and the, just all the evidence that's been planted. Right. Merlin is just turning to Arthur and saying, really think about this. <laughs> really consider all of the past experience and all of these years. Obviously, it's easy to plant evidence. It's been done. It's been done hundreds of times in this show. I can't stop praising this episode because there's this feeling here. We've never seen this character before. This is the opposite of what happened two episodes ago when they say, oh, Sir Ranolph died and he was a friend of mine. And we we're just like, who? This time, this person, 
it feels like he's been here the whole time. They really inserted this character where I feel like we know him. To me, is that also the actor is so good and that's why people say that they're not small parts don't exist. Because to me, I am rooting for this character as we've been seeing him for five seasons now. And he's been only in a few scenes for a few seconds on screen, but I'm immediately really rooting for him. I really want him to be okay. Yeah, the innocence reads well. I mean, he's talented. The innocence comes through, the loyalty comes through. So you feel that loyalty come through and you think he's been here forever. And also the writing from Merlin's side and Colin's performance of it, of Merlin's loyalty to Tyr makes me feel like he's been here and we're loyal to him. Yes. So both of these actors, the writing, the execution of this whole thing between them, because this escalates. Merlin goes home and he's not letting it go. He's not letting it go because, I don't know, he's the chosen one. He's the only one who can see things as they're happening. Yeah. We've learned that last episode. He says all these lines and they're so perfect. He's deeply proud of his work. I love that line about Tyr. He's deeply proud of his work. And I love that sentiment of someone who does a really simple job, but he does it with pride. Yes. And I'm rooting for him. Yeah. We're like, hey, everybody else die. Let's save Tyr. <laughs> I'm more loyal to Tyr than Gwen in this episode. <laughs> that is totally true. This is where we cut to Arthur in that thread shot. It's just so beautiful. I can't take it. And here's evil Gwen to gaslight Arthur. And it's a hard thing to balance because we've always been like, Gwen is the best of them. She's the smartest. So to watch Bradley play this loyalty to her, he's like putty in her hands. Every scene that they're in together where she keeps swaying him hurts me because, not in a bad way, it hurts me because I'm mad at him for believing her, but also usually I'm on the side of just believe her, she's Gwen. <laughs> yes. And I think that Angel Colby does an amazing job of playing this character from the viewer's perspective. Playing is straight. If you haven't seen any of the other episodes and you miss that whole look in the beginning, you would believe that she's telling him the right thing. She's telling him the truth. Yeah. She just might have the wrong opinion, right? Because Arthur almost, he's getting there. For once, Arthur is getting there by himself and he's like, maybe there is more to this and Merlin and she just derails him and it's painful. <laughs> it is painful. She she makes his mind and we're like, no, 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 no. You were just there a second ago. So close. You're so close. We always say Arthur can't get there alone. And this the few times that he almost does, someone else is there to just derail him completely. This is where Merlin goes to see Tyr. So if you're not really on Tyr's side at this point, this scene should get you. I mean, it's so much hard. We've hardly had two characters this sweet in a scene together. I mean, the closest yeah. we get is usually Gwen and Merlin's relationship. Yes. Sometimes, yes, even Merlin and Gwen. But Gwen is a little more powerful than a tear. I mean, here there's just two characters who are really just connecting on the lowest ranks. <laughs> yes, and I think that this scene surprised me a little bit because because I knew that this was Gwen's doing. I really believed when he said, I don't know about anything. I really thought mm. that he didn't see anything, that everything was actually planted and that he didn't know anything about anything. This scene shows us differently. Honestly, I've seen this before and even I was fooled. I forgot that he knew. I mean, when the scene starts again, I had this moment of the scene starts and I think, oh yeah, he saw Gwen. And Merlin is just so sweet that he can get people to talk. I just love all this body language and the sh hand on the shoulder and I'm here for you. I can help you. And you feel reassured because I would believe Merlin. Everyone should believe Merlin all the time. Yes. Another episode where we learn that Merlin's instincts rule over all. Not his panic, not when he's coming from fear, which he's made bad decisions. His real true instincts are right. Right. I would also actually talk to Merlin if he came to me because I think that at this point, everyone knows that Arthur actually listens to Merlin. So that's the one person who I would want to say something and be like, hey, try to convince Arthur of this because this is the truth of what happened. Yeah, I believe him when he says, I can help you. So yes, Tyr says something's up, but still won't give up the name. 
Also at the beginning of this, there's a tiny little joke about how bad Gaius's cooking is. And I stopped and wondered, why don't we do this joke more? Because there's times where he makes Merlin's favorite and Merlin's excited. Yes. <laughs> but then there's times where he has mentioned that Gaius is not good at cooking, which he should be because he makes potions. He should be. And I just think that maybe sometimes if we considered a time period, you just had what you had and sometimes it wasn't very good. It doesn't matter how good you are. Getting way too deep into this stuff that doesn't matter. I'm going to say I think Merlin's favorites end up being the stuff that Gaius makes really well. Yeah. Because even bad cooks have that one dish. That you, that you do that you're like, yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone can nail one thing <laughs> when they're cooking, I think, if they try. I mean, I'm not a great cook because my husband is a great cook. So I got lazier as he goes. You're a good baker, though. I am. I am. I'm a better baker than I'm a cook. And I think baking is a more exact thing. You need a recipe and you need to do it. That is true. And that's why a lot of people are bad at baking. Is because you there's no interpreting your version of it. You really have to do what's on the page here. Like you, yes, yes. This is science. There's a lot more science in baking than there is in cooking. There's a lot of chemical reactions. Yeah, I enjoy baking a lot. I mean, I enjoy. I love watching other people cook because I think it's amazing. I really do. And when people put things together that I wouldn't imagine, I'm like, oh my god, I would never put those two flavors together. But yes, they do go together. But I'm just not very good at it. I think that I have to practice more. You do. It's a developed thing. I have a good palate. We're just totally getting off track and I don't care. I have a good palate and I'm a good cook when I have a recipe, but I'm too intimidated by the just winging it things that people do. Like, I'll just throw all this stuff in a pan and that just totally intimidates me. I think that that's amazing. Amazing. It is amazing. amazing. Won't do it. But guys, uh, apparently his, uh, what is it? Radish or turnip soup is not good. <laughs> I don't know. Like, in my house, I opened the fridge. I'm like, oh my God, there's nothing to eat. I'm going to eat this old dry carrot from the bottom of the drawer over here. And then my husband opens the fridge and he's like, voila, this is the dinner. And I was like, that, that wasn't in the fridge. None of that was in the fridge. It's unfair. It's a, it's a natural thing that people have. I don't have that. I'm I don't great either. at recipes. <laughs> some people are terrible at recipes though. So we have something because some people can't just That's follow true. the thing in front of them and then they fuck up the actual recipe. That happens all the time. <laughs> Anyway, look, guys, isn't a good cook. I love this joke. I wish it was here more. But yes, there's all this sweetness here. And Merlin goes immediately to Arthur's room. And we have that old feeling of remember when Morgana used to be standing right there and you were just yes. like, everyone stop talking about the plant. Don't say anything. <laughs> stop it. There's somebody bad in the room. You don't even know. I love that. We get a great version of Arthur in this episode, actually. We do. This is. The best Arthur we've gotten since Arthur's That Song episode, I think. Finally, finally. We need it. We need it. This is the height of Arthur behaviors. He trusts Merlin. He gets this intel and he says, we already heard the story. Yeah, but Arthur, people talk to Merlin a little more than they're willing to talk to you and a bunch of knights in the council chambers with yeah. swords at their throat. This is a little different. This was like a conversation between two humans. <laughs> So it was a lot easier to get information out of him. Too bad Evil Gwen is here because if you haven't noticed, that's her name. It's Evil Gwen. and I got nothing else. Very good. Because Arthur believes him. They both rush for the door. They're standing there. I love this. This whole blocking, this reverse shot of them just both standing at the door and Gwen doing her sweet act. I mean, even outshining Morgana's sweet bits at this point. I mean, she's she's surpass the queen of all this <laughs> she's even greater she does this whole oh you should give him the night to think it over and i love this blocking because i love that colin's just behind bradley and the face he's pulling the whole time kind of not overtly stunned but what the hell is happening here face of like it's it's this face that says what is happening and i really i like the blocking also because arthur is really almost halfway through the door. And I, throughout this whole scene, I really didn't know if he was going to go or stay. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's it looks great. It plays so perfectly because he could just take one step forward. She's really going to talk him all the way back yep. from the edge. Yep. And again, I'm conflicted because I think stop listening to Gwen, but usually just always listen to Gwen. It's hard. <laughs> it is because... I can't fault Arthur anywhere through this episode. I can't either. 
And then it lingers on Colin. The shot lingers on Merlin. And he's just observing what's happening. He's not really sure, I think. And then you get this, the voiceover that carries into the next scene. This is the line from the preview. And it just sounds so good. Have you noticed anything about Gwen of late? It's a very simple question of no accusatory tone. Just have you noticed anything? And this is when we're home with Gaius at dinner, rehashing the same conversation we've had before about Mythian a few episodes ago. He's all, Gwen's not really right ever since the thing happened. And right. Gaius says, trauma, this, that. Elian died. Morgana put her through a lot in the tower. Who knows in what state of mind she is. I mean, that's also all believable. I understand that is real traumatic and a person can't change because of that. And that's why this trick works so well. Yeah, because the line that really gets me is grief changes people. And it does. And it's it's so true. But again, I'm here saying Merlin was right with Mythian. He's right again now. This character of Merlin is written in a way that has immense EQ, immense empathy. He really understands the emotion of the people he's sitting with, especially the ones he knows best. So there's the lack of trust again from Gaius to just go with it and say and think Merlin knows the difference between a grieving Gwen and something being not right. Right. Because there is also the element where he ends on, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Morgana did something to her. She's not right. There's something wrong with her. Yeah. Let's not forget she was alone with Morgana for days. That's exactly what I'm saying is that she's not traumatized. She's something's off. And let's not forget that Morgana, we know that Morgana is very powerful and she could do something like this. So it's not off the books here. It's not off limits for her to turn Gwen and place Gwen inside Camelot to get to Arthur. As much as we want to push against this whole storyline, it's not that it's not a believable storyline. It's you and I are just talking about the real estate of time that's being used for season five to do this. Yes. The storyline's actually very believable. Like, that's that's an excellent plan. Morgana is executing a good plan. So, yes, it works. But we've taken a step back to old stuff instead of pushing the fade stuff forward. And I mentioned it to you um, yesterday after we stopped recording. <laughs> we always talk more after we stop recording. That I think that maybe Gwen was the only person who didn't turn bad for this whole five seasons, and this was their chance to show us some evil Gwen. Yeah, everyone's had their one episode, at least, of not being on the right side, being possessed by goblins, this, that, and the other, a spell, what have you. Yes. This gets really sad because Merlin still struggling to believe his own instincts, which are always correct. Like you can't, I struggle to find an episode where his true instincts, again, not when he's operating from fear or panic, his true instincts are incorrect. He's always got it in his heart somewhere. Yeah. So they cut right to Gwen, who's sneaking around. She's on full attack mode. I mean, drugs the guards with smoke that knocks them out. Then she gets to the bars and I don't know if everyone sees it, but she's got the hand behind her back. And she tells Tear to come closer. And I'm just horror movie yelling, don't, don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. Just stay back there in the corner. That's what I was saying also. Yeah, don't get close to her. She's the bad guy and you know it. Don't do it. She's playing that sweet face. Just come here so we can talk. No one believes you, Gwen. Tear's too sweet. Too sweet for his own good. She stabs him in the heart. Does. I'm sad to lose this character. Beautiful blade, by the way. <laughs> it's great props. But I am sad. It really set you up to be sad for losing a character you met 15 minutes ago. And you can see that Arthur is really upset in the next scene. Yeah. Bradley plays this beautifully. This whole thing, the script is perfect because... He's devastated that he didn't talk to him. And I think he's realizing this wasn't the bad guy. And Tyr loved Arthur. Yeah. And Arthur really liked Tyr. And it's sad to lose someone who was actually loyal to you. I think that's the settling in of the fact that he was wrong. And he goes through the whole list. What about the guards? And I'm like, oh, Arthur, the guards. I got to talk to you about the guards. We need to train your security. I mean, not totally their fault this time. True. They were drugged. Yeah, Sir Leon comes in with the assist. More bad news. <laughs> bad news, Leon, to let them know they were drugged. And it's actually really sad because he gets into this, I was a fool. 
And this brilliant thing happens behind him. Again, the blocking and acting that's happening with Colin right here. There's some genius things happening. It's a really small thing, right? But there's this acting choice of having Merlin kind of like picking at the wall, kind of like looking away because he, Merlin in this moment, is being a saint again. We're back at the saintly patience for not saying I told you so. <laughs> Which is a type of patience that I don't have most of the times. When he sees Arthur's in pain, so I get it. You know, don't kick a man while he's down. He gets it. He messed up. Yeah. Yeah. It really is this like, oh, look at this hinge. He's kind of poking at it. And then he sidles over to Arthur. <laughs> like the way that you would sidle next to a horse to not spook them. Always approach horses from the side because they can't see straight ahead, guys. That's some serious advice there. Don't scare horses and approach them on their face. That's not nice. From the side, on the shoulder, he sidles up to Arthur just to be like, hey, so um, whoever did this. <laughs> so in a case that somebody else did this, let's suppose that that was true. This person knows Camelot. I'm just saying it's an idea. Consider, consider. Throw that out there just in case it's something that you might want to think about. I'm not going to press this too much. I know you're bummed out, so I'll see you later, okay? <laughs> Do you think that at this moment Merlin thinks it's Gwen? Yeah. I think there's only one person who came back from Morgana. It's Gwen. Well, I think that's what the sentence of they have to be somebody who knows this place. Yes. And I think there's a little bit of the struggle of Merlin doesn't really want to say it. He didn't say it to Gaius. He just said, is there something weird about her? He doesn't want to think it because he loves Gwen. He loves Gwen. He doesn't want to say it because he knows that once he says it or once that's true, things are going to get real complicated because Arthur is never going to believe him. <laughs> and also, he doesn't want Arthur to send Gwen away again. She's enchanted again. It's not really her fault. But no, she's still trying to kill Arthur. It's a really bad situation. Complicated. So I think there is a level of Merlin really wanting to make sure that his instinct is right before he opens his mouth. Because if it's true, then he's in some deep, deep doo-doo. Because there's really no easy way to handle this. You're right. Arthur's not going to want to hear that. And once it's true, he's in a between a big old rock and a very hard place. And I feel like Merlin doesn't want to kind of say it because he knows that if it is Morgana's doing, which he's already sure that he is, that it is, it's magic. If it's magic, he's going to have to fix it. So if he can do all of that behind the scenes without Arthur knowing, all the best for everyone. All the better for him to just handle this and not even, let's not have the magic conversation for a while again because it hasn't gone well lately. So, you know. I understand. I understand his side. Yeah, there's a lot of layers here that it's just this very simple episode, the straight story of the sequence of events. But there's a lot because unlike season two, we're 10 years into these characters' lives and there's a lot of history at play here. So everything's much more informed than it used to be. Yes. Also, they're all adults now. So and Arthur's king now. There's just so much going on and she's the queen and there's a lot happening. So there's so many layers to every little scene here that it's actually super yummy. So evil Gwen goes to the forest. You get the cloaky Gwen, cloaky Morgana matchup. There's again all these sorts of soft, shallow depth of field. Close-ups of the two of them. They look gorgeous. Not just the actresses look gorgeous. The shots look gorgeous. Yes. The color is beautiful. And these two are just, ugh, they're planning their evil plan. And the knights come along. All I can think about during this entire chase scene is what a nightmare the continuity is with this freaking hood running through the forest. <gasps> oh, my God. Yes, seriously. I'm not even mad at the show for the continuity errors that do happen because it's, a, it's just a nightmare. Hey, run as fast as you can, but keep this hood on your head. And it's so clearly pinned to the hair. <laughs> it's very clearly pinned. There's there's a loop. There's a thread loop on the inside. And it's pinned right there. But still, it's pulling on your head. And the pin can just go, go at any moment because you're really running. Yeah. So Gwen gets away. Morgana makes sure of it. Poor Gwen gets attacked. I love the end of the sequence where Gwen just slows down. And walks towards Camelot calmly because the last thing you want to do is appear like you're running from someone. And it works so well. It really does. It's like a chase scene in one of those spy movies where you're just like, oh, 
Mm-hmm. She like breathes. Yeah, she like breathes, she, like, puts herself together and just slowly keeps walking. Goes on her merry way. But in the hall, you get this moment, right? You're, he's he's really just on her a little bit. It's Merlin. He yells out, Gwen, Arthur's worried sick about you. He's I've been looking for you everywhere. Where have you been? And she pulls the whole dead brother card on him, which you can't really say anything to. Yeah. But again, you you do the lingering shot on Merlin as she walks away and he's doing the mental math of, okay, they saw someone, they got attacked in the woods. She was walking in the woods. This is really bad. It's adding up more and more and more. (laughs) Yes. Maybe it's just me putting it on Colin's performance. I feel a little sadness of looking at Gwen and being like, oh, no. I feel like it's sadness, a little bit of desperation because he knows that he will have to do it with it. Be like, oh my God, there's another problem. I need a vacation. Back in Arthur's room, Gwen's being examined and Merlin's doing his, you know, hey, this is what I think is happening. Just if you want to hear that out. And Arthur's not really fighting him. Again, the best of Arthur in this episode, not really pushing back too much, but saying this is all idle speculation. He's not even wrong. Sure. Except it's 100% right speculation. Just saying. And then he orders Merlin and Gaius to do their investigative work. Hooray! The dream team investigators. Yay! I get really excited when he says that. I do too. To go to the forest and just try to find something that they missed because I was like, they're going to find something that you missed. A hundred percent. They're the ones to look. Let's not trust the guards with this homework. Okay. This leads to an entire beautiful sequence of events in this, uh, the shot from outside the room through the stained glass of the boys talking. It's a gorgeous shot. And what's equally as great is the reverse of Gwen being behind that stained glass and the shadow of the stained glass hitting her on the face. It's so good. The lighting is great. I love that also as we're seeing the scene through the staining glass, their voices are a little muffled and you have to pay a little extra attention to see what they're talking about. I love this whole thing. The echoing voices are great. And it really, again, once proves that this is the echoiest place in the world. It's a castle. Of course it is. Because everyone leaves and Merlin and Gwen are having their little tete-a-tete and they're speaking pretty hushed tones here and she can still hear it <laughs> and I love the immediate trust that there's you know Gwen says one thing and Merlin says no I'm sure you need to keep an eye on Arthur and it's yes well I think that Gwen has seen enough and been through enough with Arthur and Merlin to trust Merlin he is as we've mentioned before actually Merlin's friend so friend first night second so he's going to trust Merlin to then go and protect Arthur yeah I love this whole scene it's so great because it lingers you think they're just gonna cut to Merlin and Gaius in the forest doing what Arthur asked yes and instead Merlin stays behind Gwen is listening there's this whole thing that plays out that's different from other episodes I feel like I actually it's funny that you say that because in my notes when this is going on I started writing Merlin and Gaius go to the forest to investigate. And then I had to scratch that out. Right. Are ordered to go to the forest to investigate. And then write out the next scene because I really wasn't expecting it. I really loved it. I love that we lingered in this room that these two friends have to have a discussion. She's listening. It was not the obvious decision. It fills the world that we live in with more real moments of these two people needing to have a chat on the side of all this. Yes. Because Merlin here has done his assessment. Who's the one person I can trust to look after Arthur? Who's going to listen to me, not push back on me, and really just keep an eye out close to Arthur? He doesn't trust Gwen. It's got to be Gwen. And he's right. So in the woods, Morgana finds a hut with a creepy old dude making potions, which is a classic. You gotta love it. Classic. Classic. I'm just surprised she doesn't kill him. (gasps) I was totally expecting especially after he's like, well, this is enough for to pay for the stuff that I gave you, but not for my silence. I'm like, you're about to die. And she just throws gold at him. And I was like, oh, you got lucky. Just got lucky. You got lucky. I think this brings me back to the Melee episode, the, the Gwen episode, mm-hmm. where those thugs kill the guy. 
after they get what they yes. need. And I, I commented on how they have no long game. They're just thugs. They don't think about the future. I feel like the only reason Morgana doesn't kill him is because she might need more stuff. Yeah. And because, well, he has, apparently he has pretty rare s- stuff. He says, this is rare. This is hard to come by. This is hard to make. So he is apparently a very skilled potion maker. You might need it again. Yeah. Well, it helps Gwen in the end. Uh, whatever. Back in Camelot, got this again, another shot of Arthur stressing by himself, evil Gwen behind him, being super creepy, all blurry in the background. She comes in, the doting wife of, oh, what's wrong? Are you okay? And he says, the magic words we love to hear. What if Merlin's right? Yes, he's always right. Let me tell you something, Arthur. Go with that instinct. What if? What if? 100% of the time, just believe what Merlin says. There's just no what if. It's just the right thing. Yeah, it's a little bit of, oh boy, there's that amnesia creeping up again. <laughs> He's trying though. He keeps trying. To, he Every time that Arthur's left alone in a room in this episode, he almost gets there and then Gwen comes in to steer him back. Yes, because he just needs some time for his brain to like just slowly crank forward. He's buffering. He's buffering hard. And again, Arthur's written so sweet in these scenes. He's so doting of Gwen. And he just the way he Bradley looks at her with these big wide eyes. And oh, you're right. You're always right. Ugh, it's hard for us because we, yes. And she's so good. She says the right things. This is the exact moment where I remembered that she's about to set Merlin up. This is where I started oh. to get a little apprehensive about the whole thing. <laughs> this is the moment where I was like, oh, no. So finally. Scenes later, again, surprising. Finally, scenes later, we're surprised that this is where it lands. Gaius and Merlin, investigative dream team, are in the woods. A lot of classics, like a piece of cloth torn in the forest. I mean, these people must just constantly have holes in their clothes because every time you're tracking someone, it's always a piece of cloth on a twig. Yeah. And it's not this show. It's every show. That's how you track people. It's a classic. I wouldn't change it. I love it. And we snap back to home, and I know you're excited because it's a big magnifying glass scene. (laughs) We're back to the old magnifying glass. We are. This one's better for pieces of cloth. That one was for writing. Right, right. We've got multi, we've got different uses for different magnifying glasses. This whole raw imported silk, highest ranks, and Merlin just grabs it. And runs. And he's just like, I got it. Highest ranks. <laughs> Going to Gwen's closet. Just wait a second. I love the Arthur coming in with Merlin deep in Gwen's closet and him just, what are you doing? Like, Please get out of Gwen's closet. <laughs> Checking for holes. The whole whole joke is great. I love it because, yeah, you might have mods, but I just love the, that's where the arm goes. Yeah, that's where the other arm goes. <laughs> and I love the thing, like, take care of my clothes. I think I prefer Gwen's and Arthur saying, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear you say that. It's a great exchange between them. Also, because from the face that Colin makes, I feel like Arthur's clothes stink. <laughs> Smell pretty badly. I just love that I can read that from this interaction. And again, so much laundry. Because we've moved on from Muck the Stables, now it's laundry. Also, I just have to say that if you didn't spot that the dress was in there, it was very purposely falling out of the basket as he gives it to Merlin. I don't know that I did. I saw... I was like, oh, there it is. That's it. There's the dress. He's going to find it. I didn't see that as much as I saw the big, the red quilted thing that goes under the chainmail. It was right underneath it. It was right underneath it. And part of it with all of the embroidery was just falling to the right side. So when he hands it, you can see a piece of the fabric. So I was like, ah, you're going to find it soon. Feels good. I like that you spotted that. It does. It does. Back in the lower town, Gwen's having her clandestine meeting with old Ghana. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. With old Morgana. And... Look at this nightmare team. I'm going to nitpick the hell out of this. I hate that Morgana does not give her the instructions. She got very specific fucking instructions from that dude. 
I'm totally nitpicking it. I'm like, you don't have any labels. There are two different colors and you didn't tell her which one to use. What is she going to test it? Yeah. One goes two drops in the food. The other one goes one drop in the ear. You Those didn't are even very say specific. it. She didn't say it. She didn't say it. She didn't say it. I am very annoyed about this. We are insane people. <laughs> but in the best way possible because it literally just made me on edge the whole time. Like, are you going to explain? I was, again, I couldn't remember every detail of this episode and I don't know why. There's some that I remember every single second and there's some that I don't remember every detail. So as they started walking, I was hoping that they would just cut the scene so that I could pretend that they have a chat about it. Yes. No, they didn't cut the scene. They kept talking nonsensical information. I was like, you did not say what you needed to say. And I was very upset about it also. This is where the overt part starts of she's going to frame Merlin. Yes. Yes. So you have someone in mind. I have someone in mind. And some people will get there and some won't. And some will get there later. For those who don't get it from that sentence, they cut to Merlin, which is, again, you always have to remember that's a, folks, if you're not a professional TV watcher, that's always a trick. Oh, the killer. Uh. And then they cut to a person. That's the killer. (laughs) That's a good way to trick people, too, to make you think that's the killer. That's true. Cut to Merlin. I have that, again, I'm having this dread of, oh, no. She's starting to set up Merlin and I'm unhappy. Arthur's at dinner. There's all these intercut scenes of Merlin doing laundry, Arthur at dinner, Gwen arriving. She's about to poison him. I love the second we take out of this laundry kitchen thing to have the bitchy cook come back because she's always mean to him. I love this character. It's like, like it's a caricature. It's not a full grown character. It's just yeah. someone who's mean in the kitchens. I love the stereotype of the mean cook in the castle who's yelling at servants to get away from her food. It's It plays so well to me. And I also love that you don't know at this moment that it's going to come back later. And it's I'm here for the whole thing. I am too. I think it could this character and this stereotype could be very real because if you're a servant, obviously you're going to try to sneak better food that's in the castle if you're in the kitchen. He wants a dumpling. Come on. It's nice. He starts to do the laundry. He sees the material and he runs. And again, great editing of this whole slow-mo as he's rounding into the the corner into the room and he busts through the doors. Opening the doors, yes. Love it. And we see Gwen does it. She puts the drop in the ear because you could think she's going to get caught before she does it. A drop, it's like half of the vial thing. Yeah, you know, when that dude was selling this poison to Morgana, I was like, why don't you just sell her a couple of drops? You got to give her a whole vial. It takes one drop to poison someone. Why does she need 40 drops? Don't know. Because <laughs> she's a mass killer. Don't get it. Yeah. At this point, Arthur's out of commission for the rest of the episode, basically. Yep. Gaius says it's henbane. I feel this whole poisoning in the ear is very Hamlet. And this is the scene you love. The here she goes. Love it. And I'm writing, I hate this. Because she's using Merlin's own words against him when he was talking to Gwaine. And that hurts me in my soul. (laughs) Yes. By the way, the least believable thing of this entire episode is not even the egregious leaving out of the instructions of the poisons. It's the idea that Gwaine wouldn't object to Merlin being arrested. He's standing right there. No one objected. And I'm like, you guys are just... It should have been Gwen. A lot of people, Sir Leon's loyal to Gwen, loyal to the crown, loyal to Camelot. Right, right. It's what you said a few minutes ago. Gwen is Merlin's friend first and a knight second. You know, Sir Leon's a knight first. Yes. So I understand them not objecting. I mean, Gwen is a friend of Merlin's and she's accusing him. So why would anyone have anything to say? I don't believe that Gwen would go quietly with this. I mean, he would let it happen because he's not going to kill everybody to save Merlin right now, but wouldn't just say nothing. Well, we don't hear any objections. We just see Merlin getting thrown in the dungeon. It it does work as a scene. It all works. The whole episode is great. It does. It does work. And then you get this creepy scene of Gaius and Gwen in, in the I stairwell. I love it. I love it. And she sneaks in a sneaky little evil smirk. I was like, oh, Morgana trained you well. They had a meeting in the forest and Morgana's like, remember... When someone has your back to them, you can smirk about all the evil things you're doing and no one will know. Yeah. And she does it. I'd warn Gwen to watch that reflection in that window because Gaius is right behind her. 
<laughs> and it's dark outside. Look, I love Gaius in this scene because he says, you did what you had to do, Guinevere. And I can just feel off him that he is pissed. Yes, he is pissed. He's just keeping a straight face, being very... He said Guinevere. <laughs> yes, being very, I'm emotionally detached from Merlin. I don't care that this happened. And I love that he's also like, well, you know, he's almost dead. But as until he gets his last breath in, there's always hope, biatch. I have to go now, not to the dungeon at all. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I have to do some things over in the dungeon. We get, you know, you're right, Merlin. Of course. Duh, hello. <laughs> Thank you. Doesn't everyone get tired of having these conversations? You know, you're going to need to heal Arthur, of course, because that's what was being hinted at 30 seconds ago when the Gwen scene was like, I can't heal him, but I know somebody who can. I have to go now. Bye. And then we cut to Arthur's room. And oh, my God, Angel Colby does evil Gwen giving a master class in acting. Literally, my notes is, meanwhile, Gwen is working for her Oscar nomination. <laughs> that's exactly the joke I made to myself. I thought. Angel's great, but the joke is that Gwen needs an Oscar because she's playing the part. <laughs> oh my God, and it's so good. There's also another little smirk over here because at the end of the scene, and I love that Angel Colby did this, at the end of the scene when like everything is in Sterling is like, we're with you, we're standing with you, you have to prepare yourself. After she got it, she turns around and she sighs. She goes... Just like, oof, I did it. I did what I have to do. It's so good. It's so good. This is the big moment because who do you have to get on side? Sir Leon. Yeah. Everyone's going to follow Sir Leon. If Sir Leon has your back, Camelot has your back. That's how this world runs. We know it, even though it's never been explicitly said. It's implicitly true of this world. Right. Sir Leon's so sweet. He's there to comfort her. Again, super loyal to Camelot. And he says, when he says the knights will stand by your side, he's basically saying, I will guarantee that the knights will stand by your side. That's, that's what he's saying, really. I will stand by your side. Therefore, all the knights will stand by your side. If I'm standing by your side, we're all standing by your side. And he even says, this is what Arthur would choose. And again, true. This is what Arthur would choose to happen if he died. No one's objecting. It's just that none of you know that she's evil. <laughs> It's so good. This whole episode, uh, I love it so much. I love it more because it's a very believable episode. I believe mm -hmm. in everyone's behavior towards this person because they don't know. She's a very trustworthy person. She's always have been. And they just don't know that she's evil. So I believe in all of this. And she's doing a great job being evil and acting. She's out manipulating. The way that the real Gwen would. Yes. She's out manipulating Morgana still, out smirking her. And honestly, yes, this is what I was saying in the beginning. The writing is all there, right? Except for the one little hiccup of not hearing Gwen go, not Merlin. Just, just a little line being like, oh, not Merlin, which I can let go. Everything is perfect as far as the character behaviors these are all the characters we know and again can't fault arthur can't fault sir leon yes we always want you to trust gwen except for right now right i don't even nitpick that part of the scene where gwen doesn't say anything because we really don't see what happened after we didn't see, we don't see if there was any commotion it just cuts to merlin's face and then it cuts to the dungeon so you really That's don't why i can let it go right right Maybe there was a commotion and Gwen was just outnumbered because he was the only one objecting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think... Him and Gaius, probably. Well, Gaius is always smart enough to play the, okay, I'll go break him out of the dungeon later. You know, like, he's not yeah. stressing about it in that way because she's not having him sentenced to death in 10 minutes. So they have time. It's the Camelot dungeon. He's not staying in there. Let's all be honest. Right. I don't fault it, really. I just think it's funny that Gwen appears in a lot of scenes in this episode and he doesn't say anything. But you're right. That scene cuts on a close up of Gwen. So it's not as if we really get to see it play out fully. And there's no time for it. I mean, yeah. when we get into this now, there was one deleted scene. that I don't even know what the hell it was. It was Gaius fussing with stuff in the house. Like looking for a mop or like a duster or something like that. And he was just him 
throwing his things, opening drawers and taking things out of the closets. What? Was he trying to work out how to get Merlin the potion? I don't understand what happened in that cutscene. I'm just like, what is happening? I don't either. He's just fussing with things. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to think this is where it goes, right before here. Just going to say that. Maybe. Jailbreak time, potion delivery. I'm even going to let this go because I stated in an earlier episode that I think Merlin can now change back from old self without the potion. Without it, yes. I do think that, but I'm here for it because the shot is so great. I love when they deliver potions like this, the sneaky little string kind of thing. It's great. It's like a little heist movie inside of this episode. Yeah. And because I love the shot of Colin's profile as it comes eye level to him and he just kind of smiles, <laughs> smiles and does a little hmm. I, I love it. I love how it played out. So I'm here for the whole thing. I don't even care. And it's Dragoon time. Okay. And at this point, I start laughing because this is when I remember the next scene. This is exactly because I told you in the last episode, I don't remember what Dragoon does in this episode. I couldn't remember if it was Emerus or Dragoon. But right when this potion arrives, I think, oh, yeah. And, you know, I had to do this. This is it. I only ever do this for Dragoon. So, here you go. Who are you? What kind of a damn fool question is that? I am who I am, and I am who I was, and I am who I will always be. That's no answer. What other answer is there? It's the only answer worth giving. What are you doing here? Incredible. You follow one idiot question with another. I'm visiting the cells, as you perfectly well know. No, you're not. Unless we say so, you're not. But you already said so. Only ten minutes ago you said so, you said so, and I did so. Well, we didn't. What on earth is wrong with you? Something interesting in your tea is there. It's hardly any wonder your prisoners are being murdered. If you can't even remember who you're letting in and who you're letting out, you let me in! And I thank you for that. And now, apparently, I have to let myself out. Ah! Goodbye! I even love the music at the end. It's great. Listen, okay. What have we not said about Colin Morgan as an actor playing these roles? He plays so many roles in this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this will always be my favorite character of the show. I will die on that hill because as much as I love Merlin, Dragoon just is the funniest thing in the world to me. It's like a persona of Merlin's. And I just, the, the ah, goodbye. Just to shut up at the end, be like, no, 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 don't say anything else. I'm leaving. As I told you that I was leaving, I am now leaving. I mean, talk about a masterclass of manipulation. He just kind of Jedi'd himself out of there. Yes, he did. He Jedi'd himself out of there. I love this scene so much. It really sticks with me as just one of the funniest things on this show. It's what he can get away with with being old. <laughs> Yes, it's no filter. It's the definition of no filter. He even calls out the guards of, hey, no wonder this place is run like this. Look, not wrong. Not wrong. But then he faces off against the cook, which you have to be happy this happens. I mean, come on. I do. He goes, what are you doing here? Nothing. He's and I love that she goes, nothing means mischief in my books. Well, you've been reading the wrong books. And then he goes on to insult all of her cooking. <laughs> love it. Love it. While at the same time as Merlin just trying to eat it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably better than Gaius's, but there's, it's just so funny that they bring it back. It's again, how many times am I going to say this about these writers? They always give you that little thing and you think it's nothing because you could think that laundry scene was nothing. Mm hmm. And then it comes back to this and the way he knocks her out should yeah. have done that years ago. And that's just Merlin because he's alone now. That is that is just Merlin. This cuts to Snoopy Merle's. I don't really know why he changes back to roam the hallways. I'm very confused about this choice. Is he getting overly cocky? He thinks he's almost made it so he doesn't really need to. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I don't understand the character's choice, what we've written here. But I do love what happens because. He gets chased around. They don't think it's Merlin. They say there's an intruder. Everyone's running around. I'm going to I'm gonna say something that I just thought about here right now. 
that I made up in my head pretty quickly on the spot. I think that he might have done that because he can move better as Merlin. Because he does walk like an old man as Dragoon. And in this version, later in this episode, we're going to see him climbing a wall. And I think that as Merlin, with Merlin's clothes and everything, it's just easier for him to do what he might need to do in the future. So I'm going to justify it like that. I mean, if I really have to do some reasoning, I would think, yeah, it's easier to move around. And he's almost made it to the bedroom at that point. So maybe he thinks he's not going to encounter guards right there. I mean, let's be honest, the guards at Camelot. Ugh. Right. So easy. But and let's not get into the clothes because then I have to start asking where he got the robe when he transformed into Dragoon. And I don't want to talk about that. Because yeah, I brought it up. But, you know, I justify one thing and pose another question at the same time. I'm going to skip it. Let's skip it. Let's keep going. I'm going to do the surprising thing here and I'm going to choose to skip it. What ends up happening, I love this sequence where everyone ends up in the courtyard chasing him and he hides and he's watching. I love that it's our main guys. I mean, Sir Leon runs in, in a fury, all the torches, everyone's running around. It's again, we're supposed to see everything. So it can't be as dark as that one funny episode of do you, you've never seen, you haven't seen season eight yet of Game of Thrones. There's that episode where it was a nighttime attack and everyone complained that they couldn't see anything because they made it that dark. Oh, no. And people had to put their brightness on their TV all the way up just to see the scenes. Here's the thing about Day for Night. It's helpful because you really do need to see it. <laughs> and you know, at some point, like, I'm really sorry. You're watching a fucking fantasy show. You have to suspend disbelief. You do it for so much many other things that you can't... Um, you're telling me that you, if you don't make it as dark as people cannot actually see the scene, they're not going to suspend disbelief and believe that it's just dark. It's nighttime. It's nighttime. You're going to do it. Oh, no. We go with it. We know it's bright there, but it is nighttime. But then we get this shot of Merlin, a shot that he's super serious, super angry, and what I equate to him being Emerus. We're not looking at Merlin's face, looking at everyone in the courtyard. We're looking at Emerus's face, looking at everyone in the courtyard, and just has had enough. Puts all the fires out. Yeah. Means business. Climbs up a wall. Meanwhile, Gaius uses Gwen coming in announcing an intruder to get Gwen the hell out of the room because he knows that means that Merlin is on his way. Guys, this is so well. I'm so proud of him. Yeah. It's a great little heist movie we got right in the middle of this. It's real Ocean's Eleven kind of vibes happening with a lot of moving parts. Yes. Poor Merlin arrives. I love that makeup went all the way with the sweat. Well, because the last two guys who scaled the walls here did not have a sweat on them. It makes sense. I like this. Here we have this moment. Where I kind of buy in because it's the test of all this stuff. We've been talking about how much Merlin has learned, how powerful he's become. He's learned healing that he didn't really successfully do a lot of the time earlier on in the show. And it's kind of the test of all of that. It's a test of 10 years of learning and getting more powerful. Yes. And then this whole scene plays out with Gaius saying it didn't work and him just crying. Crying so much. I was like, oh my God. Panic. Panic crying. Panic. And it does work. Arthur's dead crying. Yeah, he just turns over like he's taking a nap. Like, no, Gaius. Like, Gaius, why are you here? I just want to go to sleep. I do love the exchange. Even this little tiny thing of Merlin and Gaius. Get back to the cell. How? Obviously the same way you came. Obviously. Obviously. Back in the dungeon, he gets woken up by Gwaine, who's super happy. We get happy Gwaine because he, we know. If the question was ever there, he wanted Merlin to be freed. Yes. And super happy Merlin to be woken up knowing that the king is calling him. How much do we love Arthur in this whole scene? Merlin comes in. This is two, possibly three times in my life. I'm glad to see you. My thoughts exactly, which is to me what I hear is, I love you. I love you too. Absolutely. Merlin sits down at the table with him. It's so rare. Kind of joking about being locked up for the night. And Arthur brings it back to a serious emotional cue of, I'm sorry about what happened to you, truly. As soon as you get a sentence like this, a real sentiment from Arthur, then it's quickly followed by, plus I told him you're too stupid to do this. Yes. And I just, again, it's another, I love you too, when he says, that's thoughtful. You're welcome. And just love this whole exchange is so them and so perfect. And then we get a flashback. How much does this remind you of that scene when he tries to tell Arthur about Morgana and then Uther tells the whole court in the council chambers that she saved the day? Same scene. Same scene. He really is going to say it. He tries to tell Arthur about Gwen. And instead, he's like, no, we got to go. Gwen figured out this whole thing. And, you know, 
in this scene, it pains me to see thanks to Gwen, the truth was uncovered. And it pains me to see them saying, uh, long live the queen. I'm like, no, everyone's shush. They made this as painful as possible. They bring the poisoner in. They do this whole show and dance. And it was Morgana. It's like they sat in a room and thought of how painful could they make this moment for everyone watching the show. Pushes her into the middle of the room. Long live the queen. Very painful. But I live for this look between Angel and Colin. It's almost a smile. Both of them. It is. It's this recognition of, I see you, and I know it's you, and I know you know it's me, and they're just, it's so juicy, and I love staring at them, just being like, I'm going to get you. Yeah, and I was right. It's going to continue for another episode. Do you think it's going to be over next episode? I said that max three episodes. I said that she could be, to me, the max max. I think the ideal would be to end in the next episode, but... I think that it could be pushed to be resolved in a third episode. So this episode, next episode, the next, next one. So next week on Merlin, another great preview. Great, great preview. And I say my first note is not much. I can't tell what's going on. I know that Merlin is having a seizure-like thing in the forest. I'm worried. Second, uh, Gwen's go for the help of another person because she says... I just want my husband dead. It, those are great lines. They've been picking the right line out of the episodes to do the preview, I feel. Yeah, Merlin's having a rough time. But I also love that this preview, I noticed how much they cut scenes of similar physical action that seem like they go together that are not this. You can tell they're not the same scene. Yeah. But, you know, Merlin does his pushing away magic and someone goes flying, but in a completely different setting. And it just looks so good to see all this physical action play against itself where it didn't. Yes. And I couldn't. I really don't know what's going to happen. I love that, though. You know, too bad this wasn't happening back in season one. I know. I know. They're like, next week, a troll's going to come and marry. <laughs> I am, you know. Not 100% excited that this storyline is here, but I'm encouraged by this episode that I'm going to maybe enjoy the next episode also. Just don't make this drag for too long because then I'll get annoyed. Yeah, I don't want it to drag, but as much as I object to this storyline for the season, because if they did it in season four, I'd be enjoying this a lot more, I think. I think so too. But the level to which I enjoyed this, which I think I said that wrong because I'd be enjoying the idea of it being in this season yes. more if it was a, not the last season. But but the level to which I did enjoy this episode, which is 100%, I don't know, it, it did lift me up a little bit out of the, Ugh, I can't believe we're doing this in this season feeling. Yeah. So I'm excited to go forward because this was so good. I am too. And I will leave you with the fact that yeah, I've seen this show before, but watching it from the perspective of really assessing each episode without trying to really, I mean, my opinion's always there, but really just looking at the episode for what it is has really changed a lot of my perspectives of what the best episodes were. That's fun. It's fun because I didn't really think this episode stood out to me in the past, except for the Dragoon scene, but seeing it again under the, the lens of the podcast really brought this forward as such a great episode for me. It is a great episode. I guess. We'll see what happens next time. And thanks for listening. Thank you. See you guys.